0: She's away from McCulloch. First-
1: Welcome to Above the Horizontal, a podcast about rugby league. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson. Our show is hosted and produced by a bunch of ex-writers for real sport back when they actually covered real sports. Much like them, we are by the fans and for the fans. And we like to have some fun while we try to delve into a bit of analysis as well. Before the season starts in 2023, we've assembled a craft team to run our eye over each squad and predict how their season will go for them. So to talk about the Newcastle Knights in the 2023 season, I have three co-panelists with me tonight, starting off with Central Coast's great batter and Newcastle Knights fan, Daniel
0: Friend. Friendy, are you feeling good about talking about the night? Yeah, uh, I'm bullish about our top 13. Maybe our top fifteen, but after that I'm a bit uh bit worried. I don't think we have the depth there at the moment. I think we've got some really good players, but as we know, not everyone uh plays with their best players all year, so I guess that'll be tested at some point. So yeah, I guess I'm a bit wary. Yeah, so
1: you obviously finishing fourteenth last season, not not a good time to be a Knights fan. Chris Waring is also here to talk about the Newcastle Knights. Chris you you recently were crowned the nicest guy in Western Sydney. How have you been recently? <laughs> yeah, good mate. It's not much of a compliment that one, depending where you're from in Western Sydney. But yeah, excited to talk about uh, friendly nights. And we for the very first time this season we've got we've managed to coax him away from his crow's nest seat at the Opera House. It is Miles <laughs> Stedman. Miles, welcome to the 2023
2: season. Well, as you can probably tell, I'm certainly not in the opera house by um, the poor acoustics in this room slash the (laughs) probably low microphone level. We'll have to
1: get you back up there then so we can get some good acoustics. Gladly. <laughs> Until then, uh, very much like the previous episodes in this season, for those that haven't listened to them thus far, basically we're going to be talking about the Newcastle Knights only today for about 15 or 20 minutes. we are going to be talking about their recruitment this season, uh, as well as their coach, uh, various parts of their team, forward pack, uh, back line spine, and then asking some very particular questions about the squad as well uh, to see what we think about it. Uh, so I'm going to ask the boys some rated or don't rated questions or just yes or no questions. And if there's some agreement, then we'll just get one of the boys just to talk about it a little bit. And if there's some disagreement, then I guess we'll get into it a little bit, as well as some predictions at the end. So we'll start off with recruitment uh, and we'll start off with the Newcastle Knights fan, friendy. Now, I will actually sort of put a bit of a caveat here. Today is Friday, the 20th of January. To my knowledge, Lockie Miller is not confirmed because Mm -hmm. I believe the Sharks are after a player swap. So keeping in mind that he is likely pending a player swap and they also have brought in guys like Jackson Hastings, Jack Hetherington, Greg Marzue, Tyson Gamble and Adam Elliott. Friendy, are you rating the recruitment this season?
0: Yeah, I do rate the recruitment. And it's not just because it's my team, but I I think we've recruited really well, specifically in some areas of need. We really needed some forwards that had some leg speed. And I think in Elliott and Hetherington, you get that. Whether they can stay on the park because they are known lunatics, uh, I guess that remains (laughs) remains to be seen. But yeah, I, I really like their recruitment. If we do get Lockie Miller, which it sounds like we will, that that's really positive for us as well. I know where we're going to go with this chat and I'm not necessarily sold on the move of Kalen yet, but we'll talk about that, I guess, in a little bit. Uh, depth. We definitely will be talking about that. Uh, Miles Deben,
1: do you rate Newcastle Knights recruitment this season?
2: Uh, I, I agree with friend in that um, Lockie Miller is a good uh, potential signing um, if they didn't manage to get him across the line. Uh, hard to know what the Sharks are after there from the... Knight's cupboard, it's a, a tad bit bare, <laughs> sorry friendy. Andy, um, but look, at, uh, on the whole, I actually don't really love the Knight's recruitment, they were pretty, they, they had a pretty lean roster last year, and they haven't had a whole lot to it, Elliot, Elliot's a good signing, so is, um, is Heatherington, he's okay, but um, when you're talking to, like, taking into account their losses, like Mitch Barnett, who, uh, as it was, spent a bunch of time off the field last year anyway, um, and also David Clemmer, who's good for what he was, um, I don't think it's that great. Um, Jackson Hastings is obviously the, the very the, the brilliant recruit there. I think they struggled to re- replace Mitch Pierce all last season, um, and if he can work well with Kalen Bong, and that's a real game changer. So it all pins on that, really.
1: I think you're right about that, Chris. What do you think? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Similar.
3: Um, I think Greg Marzu is very underrated. Pickup uh, very solid, uh, explosive outside back. Um, kind of got similar sentiment to Miles about yeah heading to Elliot. They're you know, they're pretty good, but uh, I feel like it's maybe a wash with the, the forwards they've lost anyway in Barnett and Clemmer and the was whatever, I don't think you will start. Um, and, yeah, the, the good signing is Jackson Hastings, so uh, there's potential there.
1: Agreed. Uh, now, boys, do we rate their coach, Adam O'Brien? I'll start with you, Miles, on this one. Uh, before you say who, uh, Adam O'Brien actually has been the coach there for a couple of years. Uh, he's led them into a couple of final series before their 14th place finish last season. So do you rate Adam O'Brien?
2: Yeah, you'd you'd certainly never get second guess who Adam O'Brien is, Bo, because um, as we know, he's been <laughs> likely to rip out the do you know who I am line before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but i digress uh no i don't rate him um the team's obviously gotten far worse under his watch he did mention the two finals appearances there but last year was the um the big sort of valley there so it's hard to know what the club really expects out of him um but i think the lack of investment in the team probably says a little bit if they thought they had a a really good head coach and they were onto something they might probably have gone a little bit harder in the offseason um uh, with the signings, but look, he's, he's in the last year of his deal, um, and I don't think maybe friend could be a better insider to this, but I don't, haven't really heard any uh, whispers as to whether really he'll be extended or not. Maybe Barry Tui knows something, but um, look, I think it's it's likely the Knights are already shopping for a new head coach. So who knows what that'll turn up chain-finding it, maybe?
1: Well, that's a controversial one. Um, Let's go to Friendy then with that question. So, Friendy, obviously, do you rate him to start with? And then secondly, yeah, do you know much about uh, any coaching whispers?
0: I would have to err on the side of not rate at the moment Um, and probably more because he's just a knob, isn't he? Every time you hear him speak, he just sounds like a wanker. Um, (laughs) So, like, as a player, I I just couldn't get up for that. All he does is seem to... Spray the players and stuff, and and to be fair, they, they probably needed a bit of a disciplinarian after Brownie, who was pretty much just their mate. So we're sort of we've sort of gone completely the other way. But yeah, I don't know. I, I guess he's got probably ten rounds to maybe either get a new contract or he'll be out the door. I, I we spoke about this at length last year on the podcast. I would have punted him last year, but yeah, I guess we'll see. Chris, do you join the not rate him
1: brigade? Yeah. I agree with what Frenny just said, and again, not that it's
3: in, in and of itself, it's not, uh, sometimes not relevant, but it, it does come across as a massive toss bag, which is, <laughs> you know, and that's, that has its implications on the playing group, like you said, where it's kind of, you know, the press conferences are always weird, he has like, he comes across massively insecure, that's why he pulls out the, you know, lines like the, the Premier, how many premierships he's been a part of as a. Mm -hmm. assistant coach or whatever, and it's just like, you know, he's just jerking jerking himself off, so to speak, while his team's kind of crashing and burning mid-season. You had the stuff about the Anthony Milford stuff last year where it's like you're not making the finals. You just It's just a desperate attempt to, like, cling on to the job and try to snag a win somewhere rather than, you know, just trying something with the young blokes or whatever. It's just, yeah, I don't – it's going to be unfortunate, I think, for someone like Jackson Hastings who's probably going to have a pretty similar – experience I reckon to just get into a club and the coach is going to get speed pretty uh, pretty much instantaneously so uh, that's my prediction anyway but
1: yeah I don't rate him as a coach to be honest I think he's a bit of an idiot. I'm with you guys and have nothing to add there so let's move forward to their forward pack this is somewhere that uh, in recent years where the Knights haven't been as strong as they have been you know back in the 2000s or the 90s they've been relatively okay in the forward pack but they've lost Clemmer and Barnett, like we mentioned, as well as Sue, who offered a bit of depth. They do have guys like Adam Elliott coming in, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, a, a podcast favourite. Um, Tyson Frizzell is still there for at least this season. Heatherington comes in, like we mentioned. Friendy, do you do you rate their forward pack?
0: Yeah, I do rate our forward pack. Um, I think it's yeah, decent enough to lay the platform for the creative guys in Hastings, uh, Ponger and and Jaden Brayley. Uh, Miller will be more of a buzzing around and, and work rate sort of guy, um, it, assuming we get him. So, yeah, I sort of, I, I think the Safiti boys need a really big season this year. Uh, they're, they've played really, really well in the rep arena for New South Wales, and I think they need to do that consistently week in, week out, because they're on some pretty big dollars there, and they're still only young guys. So, yeah, they need a big year. Yeah, I just I'm kind of looking at
3: the their squad now and I, I agree with Senti's... uh sorry, Friendy's sentiments uh
2: <laughs> <Senty>. Sandy. <laughs> um, the
3: the starting like the starting pack I think has the potential to be really good. Mm-hmm. If it's any combination of Syphides, uh Elliot Hetherington, Frizzell, some combination of that and but yeah, I, outside like the like the five or six forwards I, I don't like it too much. So um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens around the origin period And injuries and whatnot But it's very
2: top-end heavy, I'll say that uh, I agree with what Fred said um, I think that there'll be a lot of questions asked about from, from the Safiti brothers this year They've been, as we said, brilliant in the rep arena um, and I think people will start to, especially given the, the coin they're on Question what is going on at the Knights More than they already are if they're not mm. playing the same week in, week out during the uh, the regular NRL season. Um, that may indeed contribute to um, Adam O'Brien's job security and whatnot, but uh, I think a large part of the success of the forward pack will come down to those two. I think
1: I'm erring on the side of not rating their forward pack, not because they don't have it in them, as all those names you guys have mentioned do, and they have like guys like Matt Croker and uh, Leo Thompson, who I like both of those guys as well. So there is a, you know, I think the starting 17 should have a decent forward pack rotation, but, you know, injuries, depth, um, and form in recent years has, has me a little concerned. So I'm probably on the side of no for, for the Knights there. What about the spine? Now, considering the fact that basically, you know, you've got Jaden Braley, club captain at hooker, you've got Jackson Hastings coming into the club at halfback. They have said that Kalen Ponga will be the five eighth. And they have been playing, uh, training with Dane Gagai or Tyson Gamble at fullback. So, uh, obviously, very, very much hanging on Lachlan Miller. Um, Boys, for the sake of argument here, I might suggest that Lachlan Miller is going to play for the Knights. Let's assume that, maybe. Um, With that in mind, friend, did you rate your club's spine?
0: Not yet. I think it has the potential to be rated later in the year. But with Kalen at six, I'm just not sold on that whatsoever. He's a world-class fullback. I just don't understand why we'd move him and put him in the front line and basically get him less ball, more than likely. Uh, I love the signing of Hastings. I think he's a fantastic footballer. He's an on-the-ball halfback, which is what we need. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm And I, I like Jaden Braley, but I'm, I'm not sure he offers that much threat with the ball sometimes. So, yeah, he's very sort of one-dimensional. So I guess we'll see. Um, but at the moment, no, I don't rate it.
2: Uh, I, I I do think it has potential. Uh, I know we've sort of seen the Ponger at five, 8 thing before, um, but he, he has matured a little bit now, so maybe that changes things. Um, obviously, a lot of the success of the Spine will pin on him and, and how he combines with Hastings. But apart from that, I think there's some things to look forward to. I think Braley is a good player. I think Miller has a lot of potential. So I think this could be the one sort of uh, area of, of the, the team that could, um, if it happens, lift the Knights out of the, the bottom five and more toward the the top half of the, the, the bottom eight.
3: Not a massive fan. I hate the idea of Tyson Gamble playing fullback.
2: <laughs> don't,
3: I, again, I, I don't really like the idea of Callum and playing six. He's a, On his day, he's one of the best fullbacks in the, in the game. Not that it's... Not that it's played there, you know, often or even regularly in Knights nice colours, but the potential's there. I feel like you've just got to stick with it and try to figure out the six spot by itself rather than, you know, um, you know trying to band out over other issues. Again, Bradley is not the most creative nine like Friendy alluded to, but I think Hastings is going to have a really high touch count like he did at the West Tigers. Um, I think he's just going to completely dominate and control all the playmaking pretty much. And I think that'll help Ponga in a way at six to kind of just play off ball kind of eyes up kind of footy
1: and Mm
3: -hmm. uh, Hastings will run the show. So uh, it's, it's okay. It's fine. It's not awful, but I don't don't really like it either.
1: I'm probably, I'm probably falling on the side of not rating it personally. I, and we'll get into that Ponga stuff just a little bit more in a sec. Let's talk about the back line. Uh, They they have some options out there, assuming that say Dangai. Uh, Dane Gagway does not play fullback. He'll be in the centres. You've got Bradman Best out there. you still got Dominic Young, had a really good World Cup for England and a good season last year. Chris, do you rate their back line? Yeah, uh, I like
3: yeah Dominic Young. Uh, had a really good finish of the year. I think Greg he will get a start on the other wing, I'm assuming. And then Best, uh, Bradman Best, very high potential player. Dane guys, the years are getting on a bit, but I'm sure he'll still be... At least serviceable, so yeah, I, I don't mind their backline.
2: Yeah, I agree with Chris. I don't have a whole lot more to add. Um, I would say that uh, a lot of it does hinge on on Best and and how healthy he can stay throughout the season because he is, in, as we saw in his rookie year, he's a really, really high potential player. But he kind of his his potential sort of got curtailed a little bit with all those uh, all that time he spent off the field last season. Um, so if he's fit and firing, he could uh, prove to be sort of um, bit of an X factor in that backline.
0: Yeah, I rate it at the moment. I um, I really like our wing pairing of Young and Marzu. I think there's plenty of uh, meters and, and good finishing in those two. So, yeah, I'm excited by that. Uh, Bradman Best, if he can stay on the park, as we've said, what, the last three seasons? <laughs> he's a handful for anyone. Mm-hmm. And Dane Gagai, make your tackles, Dane, please. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's probably, to be honest, he's he's the most experienced rep player out of all of them. and. I I look at that back line and think he's probably the weak link especially defensively so yeah he'll have young Christian Mapapalangi breathing down his neck I would have thought
1: yeah he's he's very exciting mapapalangi yeah. he he
0: was a 5'8th coming through the grades wasn't he yeah 58 center um can play a bit of one as well but they get they all sort of in the 20s and things like that they they play everywhere so um yeah I think we'll find him in the centers at some stage this year when Bradman inevitably goes down or Gagai misses a few tackles and maybe gets a bit of a tap on the shoulder.
1: Well, I look forward to that because I really liked what he had to do at the end of last year. Uh, speaking of injury-prone players, Kalen Ponga has been moved to six. Uh, I've, judging by the conversation thus far, we all agree that he is a better five. Uh, sorry, a better fullback than 5'8", although we have only seen him play a few games at 5'8", in fairness to Caelan, a couple of years ago. Do we think that even though we think he's a better fullback, do you think that he will be a success or a positive influence on the team at 5.8 miles? Uh,
2: well, as I said, he's, he's more mature than the last time he played the position, so I'm sure he'll handle the stress of it a little bit more. Let's um, see, I don't think he's necessarily any better a player than he was um, last time he played there. That might be up for debate, but I think we all know my thoughts on Ponga. Um, but I think more, <laughs> more than anything, he'll just need to be given the, the help from the, the coaching staff to be able to play the position well. Um, I, I looked through the uh, the coaching team. I don't know if the if it was out if it, the the page that I looked at was out of date or not. But Rory Cost Jason is on the the night staff. That he may help a little bit with playing five eighth. But um, he Cowboys legend. Game. Cowboys legend. Absolutely legend for many teams. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, and unsure if a mug or not. But probably not. Um, but either way, you know, it, it, when you're talking about bringing in a guy to work with. Uh, a talent like Pong going to play five eight. I don't know if Rory cost Jason is really the guy I want to be looking to there, but who knows? We'll see.
0: Well, yeah, the halves coach is Andrew Johns. I don't know if you've heard of him before, but <laughs> well, he's, he's with the half coach last year and this year. So, yeah. Um, I think uh, Joey, Joey will at least play some old tapes of him, so if they can – sort of channel that. That'll be all right. Forget about Rory. He can go sit in the corner and, and put his throat, throat <laughs> to a good oh, bit of recovery because he can't fall. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, Kalen. the problem is at six is when you're playing 5'8", generally his game and how much influence he has over the result is determined by others in the middle of the field and probably the halfback as well. So, that's the thing that's taken out of his hands, the move from fullback to 5'8", whereas at fullback, he can pop up whenever and demand the ball whenever, whereas at 5'8", he's just going to be parked on that left side, I imagine, and they're going to try and play him in a a Munster-type role, I would have thought, whereas Mm -hmm. Munster gets the ball basically in the same sort of attacking shapes as a fullback would, and almost the same as Luttrell, even though Luttrell wears the one. The positions they get to on the field are almost interchangeable, so... I'm guessing that's what they're going to do with Caleb but that takes away half the field that he won't be popping up on on the right side. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not sold, by I, I still think he's our best player and he needs as much ball as possible. So, parking him on the left, yeah, not for me.
1: I have heard some rumours that he uh, they're going to give him the ability to swing left and right. So, Chris, do you think he'll be a success at 5'8"? You know, obviously, better fullback, but... You know, I mean, it worked for guys like Darren Lockyer. Can Ponga get something out of this move? Uh, I want to say
3: no. Not that I think he'll be awful there, but it depends. Well, what's the measure of success? So I think the Knights will be a good team? Like, no, I don't. Uh, do, but do I think Callum uh, Ponga will be awful at 5'8"? No, not really. I, uh, it's a bit of a combination, I think. Uh, I think he'll be, at, le- at the very least, serviceable. He's, he's very skillful, but if you're measuring success by them being bet a better team than last year or not a significantly better team than last year, then I will say no. I, I don't think it's the solution that the Knights are looking for.
1: I, I, I'm going to go with no. I, I think he's talented enough, uh, definitely, but I think it's kind of foolish to weaken your biggest strength, uh, especially with an injury-prone person like Caelan Ponga, especially with concussions like he's had, making you know as many tackles as he'll be asked to make. Uh, you bet your bottom dollar that those right side back rowers will be just honing in on him all the time, uh, whether he has the ball or is defending. So, yeah, I think I think you're weakening his strength too much to make it a success, particularly for this year. Um, if he if he is going to be a 5'8 long term, uh, I think it'll take a bit of an adjustment period. So, sounds like we're pretty lukewarm on the idea. One that I am not lukewarm on is the Hastings Clemens swap. I think it's a good one I, I think it's a really really good deal for the Knights I think they needed a halfback Chris what do you think? Uh, I think it's I, th- I think it's a watch I, like, I, we kind
3: of re- referenced it in the the Tigers um, ep, um, that we did but I think it's a little bit overblown that it's I think it's more even trade than uh, what you mentioned like yes, yes they needed a halfback for sure but Clem is a big loss for that forward back and they are, and I guess the they're, they're going to rely on that the Savini brothers are going to pick up their week in week out club form a bit, which is you know you you've got to make those kind of gambles, I guess, especially when you're playing you're paying them um, you know a certain amount of money. But I don't their forward pack's definitely weakened. Then you need a really something good about the Knights last year. I think it was, or at least on paper anyway, it was their forward pack. Like yeah, they miss some of the the skill in the halves, but again, it's it's kind of your week your Taking away strength, uh, you're lessening one of your strengths to uh, try to fix something else. So, well, I think Hastings will be good for the Knights, but again, I don't think it's going to fix, uh, it's going to improve them massively as a team. So, it's it's a bit neutral.
2: Uh, I think it's I think it was a good swap. I think um, having Clemmer in that forward pack, uh, as good as he is and as much as he as he has to offer, is nowhere near as important as having. Um, a guy like Jackson Hastings in the halves, especially if you're going to ask Ponga to, to step into that five-eighth position, I'm sure Hastings will, will offer a lot in terms of um, how he helps Ponga there. So um, I think it is a good swap.
0: Yeah, I think it's... As I said the other day, I think it's a, a positive for both clubs. Um, well, yeah, we needed a halfback desperately. Jackson Hastings... Um, st- Doked, we got him over Luke Brooks. What's doing there? But, <laughs> yeah, and I think the Tigers will benefit from Clemmer as well. So, yeah, I, I like the swap for both sides. Yeah, I'm very much in favour of it for sure.
1: Okay, the next one, I'm pretty sure I know the answer. We can probably go through it pretty quickly. Is Adam O'Brien going to survive the season friendly?
0: Oh. Ooh. Mm, oh. Maybe, maybe just. Maybe just. Maybe just.
1: Are you thinking that the Knights are going to go better than last year therefore he might survive?
0: Yeah, not heaps better, but yeah, I think he'll I actually think we might start all right, our draws not too bad early and then I think we'll fall away once injuries happen.
1: Okay, all right, so maybe just Miles is Adam O'Brien surviving.
2: Uh, I don't think so, but again, I'm not um, as as sold on it as as you seem to be. Um I think in all but that's I think in all likelihood what happens is, you know, once it becomes clear Um, which out-of-work coaches um, like Flanagan or Des Hassler might be interested in the role or or which assistants the Knights um, have a high opinion of. I think that's when it will start to become clear whether O'Brien's going to lose his job or not. So, you know, who knows? Around week 15, week 20, who knows? I think that's if he's going to lose his job, it'll probably be around then. Do
1: we think Roy Cost Jason's going to step in? Is that what you think, Miles? You (laughs) seem to think pretty highly of him.
2: Uh, I don't think... um, (laughs) I don't think highly of him necessarily, but maybe the Knights do. He's on the coaching staff. <laughs> yeah, and, poor
0: uh, man's Matt Hilda.
2: Well that the, the great the great Andrew Johns isn't on the uh then is enlisted as a Knights coach, so maybe he is a pretty Not
1: good Not an official assistant. Well, I wonder if they could lure him away from channel nine. He um he seems to know a thing or two about rugby league, Andrew Johns, you would think. Um I love you know, Friendy would agree with this. Uh, whenever you've seen videos of him coaching like, you know, under twenties. Halves at New South Wales level, how to you know read a play and stuff. It's just like catnip for me. I love that sort of shit. Yep. Chris, are you with me? Do you think that Adam O'Brien will get the sack, or do you think he's potentially going to survive? No, I reckon he's going to get the sack. I-,
3: I think him and Hook are going to get hooked for lack of a better phrase this year. <laughs> uh, yeah, I-, I don't have any. I don't have any faith in the Knights. So I think Adam O'Brien. Is uh, going to get fired, and I think teams tend to push, would want to push the trigger fairly rather sooner than later to organise a new coach for the next season and you know whatnot. But I, yeah, I just can't see the Knights being that successful, so I think it'll cost Adam O'Brien his job.
2: I think if what happens, what Chris said happens, does happen, and uh, Dragons fire Hook. Um, I think that might indeed push the Knights to do something because you know then you get your mm-hmm. sort of um, you you, know, you get your first choice um, of, of who you're interviewing and whatnot and you can start to tee up another another coach. So if another club um, fires their coach, who knows? Maybe the Titans as well with Justin Holbrook. I'm sure there's a few others out there. There's always one we don't see coming, so that could have an effect on it too.
3: It'll be Groundhog Day where we get to. You know, the thing about being a rugby league fan is just the, the Shane Flanagan sweepstakes are just never fucking ending <laughs> in terms of trying to get him a coaching kick. So,
2: we'll, we'll have to see how much he, um, I, 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 can, I can I can see it now by, by week three talking about what he'd do with Kalen Ponga. Oh, yeah, he's in the uh, the commentary box and <laughs> how much potential the Knights have. And-
3: he's going to be commentating every Knights games up until about round 12. So,
2: <laughs> exactly <laughs> what
1: a joke that
3: was!
2: Oh.
1: Oh, yeah, that was, that was some rank shit, that. Okay, all right. Now, it sounds like most of us are not predicting them to make the top four. However, it's, you know, I mean, we, we all thought the Cowboys would be wooden spoon candidates, including me, last year. So, uh, you know, you never know how these things are going to go. So, Chris, are they top four? Are they bottom half of the eight? Are they top eight competitors just outside the eight, or are they in the doldrums, do you think?
3: I think the bottom five. Um, I, I am saying it with a little bit of hesitation because I really do like their... Well, I'm assuming I'm assuming I'm going to love their starting thirteen in terms of what the team actually is, but um, just again over the season, there's a few injury or suspension-prone players in there. Um, I don't trust the coaching of Adam O'Brien at all. Uh, and then if they if they get the sack, I, if he gets the sack, I think it'll fall apart uh, relatively. Uh, quickly, so I'm, this, I'm going to say bottom five for the knights.
0: I'm going to have to unfortunately agree with Chris, but bottom five, but the top of the bottom five, so thirteenth.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, do you think? So, as a Knights fan, before I actually, I'll get Miles first. Miles, what do you think?
2: Ah, uh, yeah, it's going to be bottom five for me. I don't see them blurring too far out of that.
1: That's me as well. So, Friendy, if if the Knights are able to kind of hold around that 13th, 12th, 13th, 14th, that kind of area. Do you think that you and the wider Knights fan base will be happy with that result?
0: No, of course not. No, you, you want to make the eight or be competitive every year, regardless of your squad. It doesn't matter. When you follow a football team, you, um, you want some sort of competitive results. And yeah, I, I honestly, like if they all stayed fit, have the first season ever of all time where no one got injured, that side can make the eight. But it just won't happen. Mm. They don't have the depth. So, of course, you you start the year with rose-colored glasses. When that that first seventeen or first thirteen run out, and you're like, "Geez, this looks pretty good," but then by round four, five, six, seven, and then Origin hits, and yeah, it, it's it's just we're just not going to last the season. So, yeah,
1: yeah, tough one for the Knights potentially. Although we've all been wrong before. I did like it when you were like, "We all get rose-colored." Rose-tinted glasses at the round one with that first 13. I, I thought about the Dolphins and I thought they're not going to get rose-tinted glasses <laughs> with their no. 13. The forward pack's all right. Uh, all right, bold predictions. This is the last question before we finish the episode. What bold predictions do we have for the season? Miles this is your first episode of the season. So why don't you start with your bold prediction?
2: Uh, my bold prediction is that Dominic Young will graduate to become one of the best wings in the league. If he isn't already, that is.
1: Yeah, I have a very similar one. I've got him in the top five try scorers in the comp at the end of the season. Uh, despite whatever problems, you know, are in the spine or whatever, I think they're going to give him enough opportunities and he's good enough to take them. So I think we're on the same sort of page there. Friendy, what bold predictions do you have for your team?
0: Well, I guess I'll go with the coach to make the season out. That'll be my bold prediction.
1: That's isn't it alarming when that's a bold prediction.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: But it, like, I think you're right. I think it, I think it qualifies yeah. um, because it is touch and go. Yeah. yeah, it is touch and go for him. Um, and Chris, what do you what do you think?
3: I'm going to go. Jack Havington will not get any more than a one week suspension or season. So Jesus. he may get one week. He may get one week for a head eye or something, but. I don't think he'll get a two or more week suspension. All season. ACL round one.
1: This <laughs> is right. <laughs> <laughs> it, you, like it's it's got to be the only way. I can I can't see it happening otherwise. That is a huge prediction. Wow. Uh,
3: I, reckon, I reckon he's a bit of a change man. <laughs> so, the, like, the- like, like I'm not, I'm, thorough, I'm giving myself I'm giving myself a bit of leeway. It'll probably be like a stray arm somewhere in the season that'll get him a week, but. Yeah, that no more than any one one game
0: one week. They've, they've canned the carryover points, though, haven't they? Between seasons, so he starts. On, oh, yeah, he starts on a fresh slate as well as well as like Hargraves and Big Nelson. What what does Flanagan call yeah. him? The yeah. sofa Mona. <laughs> yeah, so clean slate for everyone. I'm pretty sure. Well, there you go. That's,
1: that actually helps Chris's theory because I was going to say, I mean, he could accidentally untie someone's shoelaces and get five weeks with his carryover fucking points. So, You've yeah, like, he, <laughs>
0: given, given him too much credit there, but I'm not sure he can do those yet.
1: <laughs> all right, boys, this has been fun. Uh, thank you, Miles. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Friendy. Uh, we'll catch up with you guys in the next episodes to come. And thank you to all the listeners out there. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have subscribed, like, comment rate all that sort of stuff we really appreciate it and join in for the next episode which is about the gold coast titans as we go above the horizontal again but until then Above the Horizontal is a rugby league podcast by the fans and for the fans. It's produced by our entire team of former writers for real sport, including Daniel Friend, Christopher Waring, Miles Stebbin, Kieran Gibson, and me, Bo Nicholson. We'd love it if you could support us by telling a rugby league fan about us so they can go above the horizontal as well. Thanks for listening.
2: See you next time.